Are you black? Are you educated? Are you broke? Not alone. Woo! Yeah. Now this is how you start a show. <laughs> Just like this. You feeling me? Ah. Uh, okay, yeah, pen and paper with a custom flow When you're blessed like this, you supposed to blow When it feel this right, now you can't go wrong Cause we black, educated, and broke <laughs> But not for long Not for long, 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 not for long, not for long. Hey, we black and we educated Topic of the conversation Now that we activated We up and we elevated It's giving what is given Forever how we living Mind on the business But there's knocking like a witness Like Not for long Not for long Not for long Cannot get enough of that intro. Like, black, educated, and broke, but not for long. Mike B, don't this make you just feel so empowered when you hear that? That's my new hashtag, but not for long. But not for long. But not for long. Okay, so shout out again to Cedric Young, Ced Young, for definitely producing that for us. You know, we've been asking for a jingle. My man's, you've been doing it. We've been getting a lot of feedback. So shout out to you, boo. Absolutely. Because we've been waiting on the jingle for at least 10 years. It is. And we ain't did the podcast that damn long. I mean, that was okay. There, there's that, Mike B. I'm sorry. You know, we pray forgive you, but because you know what? No, this is you know what this month is. So we we are all empowering because it is. Mm-hmm, this is the month you supposed to act up. I celebrate Black History 365. But just we supposed to but act up. But in February, better. no, I act up. What do you mean, act up like how? I'm I'm cussing everybody because I could cuss them out? because of slavery, the civil rights movement. Okay. I'm it, I'm just cussing everybody. So you're Malcolm X. A little bit, a little bit. So I've been watching Godfathers of Harlem. I oh love my, that show. I have been I'm living on under a freaking two. rock. Yeah, it's a I'm great just, show. I'm finishing up season one. That's, boy, that's some good ass acting as an actor. That's some good <laughs> ass acting. It I, is. Like Forrest Whitaker and the black girl that play uh, El, El, uh, Elsie Ella, his, his daughter. Yo, she's amazing. Oh, my God. Like, and that's the he, the guy that's playing Malcolm is probably the best Malcolm I've seen uh, after Denzel. After Denzel. That yeah. boy, I just... Uh, isn't he fine? Like, uh, oh, okay. you know, Malcolm X did look fine, you know, to me, based on the pictures back in the day. So, mm. oh. but rest in power, brother. But anyway, uh, it is Black History Month. So, you know, with that, you know, we got some stuff in store. Now, I'm going to give just a brief little to tell you who's on the show today, brief, like, introduction. But I'm going to give him his real respect on his name. But who's going to be joining us today as we kind of go through some hot topics. And then we're going to dive into his life is none other than the visionary founder, the CEO of Food and Lifestyle TV, Mr. J. DeVille Devo. Make some noise. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, you, I, what a wonderful I, introduction. I feel like your smile was genuine. You really, you liked it. It looked I, real. I absolutely liked it. Oh, you welcome, Diva. You know, you're like one of my favorites. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, you just, I just think you're just, you have this wit and charm, and I think you're very, very smart. So I do like that about you a lot. Thank you. Yes, no more flowers. That's all I'm doing for now. Oh my God. But, anyways, wow. no. You gotta get alert. butted up and get started. That's, how it goes. <laughs> That's what she do. And then she, she cut you down. No, yeah. because listen, but no, this is a positive show. And so I wanna focus. <laughs> we're gonna oh, focus okay. on positivity. And one of the big things I know, like, I, we don't have Q here today. I know he's working hard, but I know he's a sports guy. And some positive stuff happened in sports news. Are you like a, are you a sports fan, Devo? A sports fan. Who's your favorite team in what sport? 
Uh, I'm from New York, from Long Island, so I'm a um, oh. Mets, Jets, Knicks fan. Okay, Mets, Jets. Okay, the Mets, that is... What sport is that? Baseball. Baseball. Okay, the Jets is football, and the Nets is baseball. Knicks mm. is basketball. Grew up. A basketball. <laughs> Dad was a Knicks fan, so. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Grew up watching basketball games. Yeah. Okay, well, then, so you know about the sports. So y'all saw what happened earlier this week with LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA, defeating Kareem, excuse me, Abdul-Jabbar's previous record. I am so proud of this black king. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't like amazing to nobody else but me. I mean, for me, records have to be broken. So oh. the, anybody gonna do it? I, I'm glad it was LeBron. LeBron get okay. enough hate, but at the same time, he has one of the largest fan bases. I guess probably say after Michael Jordan. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad he did. Okay. But I'm okay. not like I'm not big on basketball. So. Oh, okay. I watch the Falcons. The playoffs, NBA playoffs, championship, <laughs> and that's all I watch. The okay. season is too long. Oh my! How long is it actually? Too long. I mean, what they start in what <laughs> September, like with uh with the preseason. Okay, and all the way to March Madness, and that's college. Oh, college is just as long, but the NBA got all the way to what June? I think the oh. championship play May June. Oh, it's just too long for my life. Okay, well, shout I got out. I got things to do. Okay, well, shout out to you, LeBron boy. We listen to Mike. We <laughs> keep doing your thing, Diva. What did you want to say? Well, I, I want to start a theme here. Oh, um, that. Yes. Let's celebrate current black history, people making history today. History in the now. When I think of my ancestors, my ancestors wanted to pass the baton. They wanted to set the world up so that we could succeed and fly from wherever they left us. So um, I tell people, I don't want to see another slave. I've, I've had it. We want to honor our ancestors. We want to give them their props. We want to acknowledge the things that they've done. They want us to build and grow. Uh, so the passing of the torch from the great Kareem uh, to LeBron is amazing. LeBron's sons were there yes. with a terrific example in their life, with with a leader in their in their home. Uh, for LeBron to have done this, he had to be ready to start early in his career. Mm-hmm. He had to maintain himself, his mental health, his physical well-being, his professionalism, all through his prime, all through the drama of what it takes to be a celebrity today. Meanwhile, he spoke up on black issues, right? Yeah. Um, and now as he goes into the later end of his career, He's still maintaining his skills and his ability. That's purposeful and intentional. So it's not just that he broke a record, it's a collection of how he's lived his life and how he's um, had his career. So I think it's worth a round of applause for the problem. Yes, come on, round of applause. I will insert that here. Well, he said some. How many more slave movies can they make? Well, well, you're right. I mean, but but there's still just because there's still people, the young generation that don't know, and there's so many different versions. So but, I mean, but you can you can rewatch uh, Roland Martin, and uh, it was a couple years ago. I don't know if you saw this. Roland Martin had a, a back and forth with. Snoop about those type of movies and like Roland said well put your money where your mouth is if you want to make movies about some of these black heroes that that are unsung because slavery you could tell it so many ways but at the end of the day it was all still bad it was all still for a long time it was all black folk but you still got something because me I, I don't want to see these new biopics that's on BET and, and Lifetime but I don't want another slave movie either but it's so many unsung heroes and right. people to talk about yep. from like I I would love to see because uh, they've been featured and stuff but a Duke Ellington and Louis Armstrong Ooh. movie Oh, okay. I'm ready to see I, I think people don't and one of my favorites of all time actress and singer talk show host just personality uh, was Pastor Della Reese I, I think her story is so unsung for her to be the icon that she is 
People don't know she is the first black person and black woman to host the Tonight Show. People don't oh, know that. They always talk about comedians. Black history, but they talk about a lot of comedians, but they don't talk that Della was the first. How about she that? was the first to guest host the Tonight Show, even when Johnny Carson didn't fool with a lot of comedians and you didn't get to make the couch. She got to sit in his chair. Mm. They they talk about Joan Rivers, but yeah. they never give the love to Della. Della also is the first black woman to have a talk show. There would be no Oprah without Della. Mm, let them know, Mike so, B. But I don't say make another slave movie, but I also don't want to see no escape movie either. But well, let's go what? back to that. You're talking about a movie because it makes me think about a project, you know, that I just did, a Tyler Pro- Tyler Perry project called uh-huh. Six Triple Eight, and that was to honor the female battalion. I must say battalion, battalion? Battalion. Yeah, the female battalion um, back in World War II. So, that, you know, this paying homage to all those female leaders there. So I did appreciate that and even being able to witness it because I know we had uh, Carrie Washington who was playing lead against Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some other, some other, some other just prominent figures throughout it. We've been, the most of my fun was we had Debbie Allen who was our military boot camp coach get, getting us in gear in true Debbie Allen style. Love but it. just that whole film was him to pay homage to those women. So I, I think more movies celebrating like the heroes figures, that we don't know. Like that, absolutely. That's what it is. So, yep. you know, I love it. Um, we definitely want more of it. Now, just to kind of switch gears here. Well, not too much because you gave me an, an idea, Mike B. What you about to do? When you was telling me some black history facts and stuff, right? You know, letting us know about Pastor Delores. So I'm like, okay, well, let me let me get some of our own. Now, Devo. You, you about know, to, hold up. Are you about to do what we do annually? What is that? Come on, she what does am I gonna this do annually. annually. You about to get them? I'm, I'm not participating. Him. I'm gonna turn my mic off. I've got to get him because I feel like you know he's gonna do good on Mr. this. Mr. Devo, you know? she's about to get you. Yeah, she's about it. to get you. You know, she does this annually. But I got 45 more minutes to try to recover. So. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, you know, so what we like to do here, Devo, you know, every Black History Month, you know, we like to do like a little quiz, a little multiple choice, and, and maybe for you, I won't do multiple choice because you know. Um, you are a man of a distinguished age. Yes. Mm. So you probably don't need all that assistance, right? I can just ask you some questions and you got it. No phone yeah. or friend. <laughs> yeah? No? Maybe so? Look, I'm here. I'm signing up. He's looking at her. I love Diva. He's so funny with that face. Okay, here's one. Whose refusal? Now, that's too easy. What was the name of the organization Founded by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. SCLC. Is that his? And what does that stand for? Southern Christian Leadership Council, something to that effect. Is that your final answer? Yes, something like that. All right, Devo. Yes, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That is definitely the organization founded by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, that was easy, huh? I'm going to give you one that may not be easy. What was Malcolm X's birth name? Malcolm Little. Boy is on fire tonight, y'all. Okay, okay. Uh, let's do, let's do this one. Who founded Push? Jesse Jackson. Oh, Devo, listen, this guy is too good at this. Well, Jesse Jackson, that was, those are my days. Uh, Malcolm uh, and Martin were a little before me, but uh, uh, Jesse, that those are my days. Oh, I love that you're so authentic about your age. I worked, yes, I worked him. I worked on Jesse Jackson's 1984 presidential campaign. Did you? Okay, we got a pause for the cause. Tell us about that. Well, it was exciting. I mean, I, you know. College days and black, proud black man running for president, speaking with his whole chest. Uh, it was very exciting times. What year was this? 1984. And so, what so exactly? It's been like 83, I guess, because it's been leading up to through the primaries. And this is, uh, I went to Virginia Union, HBCU. HBCU love. So, this would have been in Richmond. 
Okay, so but what so what were your tasks like your day to day? What did you oh, have this, to do? This is what you have college students do, knock on doors and hand out flyers and and stickers and all those kinds of things. Did you ever have people like, get off my yard? Did you ever have any, like, you know, disarray? No, no, you just, because we're in a black neighborhood, so people people want to hear. Everybody, okay, now. And I think uh, one of the highlights of my college career, I was a student leader, so uh, as SGA president, I had a chance to introduce him when he came to speak on campus. So that, was a, that was a highlight of my, of my college career. SGA president. Yes. Yes, come So I was the SGA, SGA over the public relations for the school. I can so, see that. You know, that's, come on, look at us. And then you was in a, a wonderful fraternity to let them know what the fraternity was. Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, Blue Phi. You know. I do know. They All right. are, on this show, on this show, they give <laughs> oh. no love to oh. the brothers and sisters in blue. And I don't like that. Well, that's, that's because Q is the, is the bros. Well, not not the alphas, but he's Omega Sci-Fi. And, uh-uh. you know, they, my boyfriend is Omega Sci-Fi. No love so they're very... The brothers and sisters It's like a lot blue. of PG love. She, you know, Zay's is a, AKA. A really who does the show, she's an AKA. I'm an AKA, you know, the only way. So all this PNG love is just... But I love all of the Divine <laughs> Nine. Divine Nine. Yes, okay. And, I, and Virginia Union's a relatively small school, so... We, 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 we play in our fraternities or whatever, but we're all close. I uh, love and, that. And in fact, even till now, you know, we're still close and, you know, we, we share information and knowledge. It's, it's, it's Facebook communications, but we're still in contact even across so-called, you know, lines. I like that. I like that you keep the connection because they say sometimes your college buddies turn out to be your lifelong friends, you know, so the fact that you guys still keep in contact, even if it's <laughs> Facebook, it's great. But speaking of HBCU, because, <laughs> um, you know, Langston University, what was the name of your HBCU? Virginia Union University. Virginia, Virginia. Union University. Richmond, Virginia. Rich, that, I, that's actually news to me. Thank you for sharing, to telling me that. I need to know this. So HBCU love, Q Langston, Zapron of Bay Langston, uh, Maya, who's always our honorary, she's Clark Atlanta, so we do HBCU love but did you hear about with the grammys right hbcu tennessee state university makes history as the first collegiate marching band to win a grammy award let's go black folks oh that's just are you uh, (laughs) is that some like bitterness that you want somebody else Uh, uh, if i had to uh go to hbcu other than morris brown that's home uh for my family Mm -hmm. uh it would be uh tennessee state i got connections up there okay tsu so definitely but that was definitely something to when you saw it you you had no idea and it was like wait a minute where did this come from because i had no idea of the album you and me both but I mean, you know, I'm still pr- I'm still proud though. Yeah. Now, Diva, when I was standing, I know I saw you doing the silent clap. So, like, now were you surprised about this, or you kind of like, okay, I can see that? Wasn't really aware. Right. Nobody kind of knew, but it's like, okay, well, listen, y'all was working in silence, and now look, the Lord is displaying y'all to the world that y'all did good. So that's how I look at it. And that Langston, speech, that speech got up there and said HBCUs are underfunded. Yes. Go ahead yes. and tell it at the Grammy. Yes, and go ahead and send, send us some more money, which I will say for our alma mater, like they just redid our whole journalism program. They're doing a new sponsor, a new uh, partnership with NBC. And I'm like, come on, Langston. Because I know, what, you know, when I went there, because we were up against it's like OSU, 
mm-hmm. OU, you know, and here I am, you know, the black girl with mostly other the white other the white kids and they having Apple MacBooks and all that. And I didn't have those things and I feel like I had to work harder. But I always tell people I appreciate it because then when I got into corporate in the real world, I had that little extra mm I gotta go because I'm used to having going the extra mile because right. I nothing just given. So but I still want for those keep that drive, but I definitely want our HBCUs to get more funding and I appreciate things like this because that's how it's gonna happen. Now, in other news, because <laughs> you did really good on those black history facts. Your so, no, I, this guy, I'm still amazed that he, but I'm not amazed. He just said that was his year, right? So, I got to hit you back with some stuff from like. Um, oh, see, I thought we were. Oh, <laughs> I told you she's going to get you. She's going to get you. She gave you them eighth grade questions. She's going to get you now. Oh, because you, you knew the answer too, teacher, school I did, teacher. I did. Okay, but you don't know this. Know what? Maybe you do. Mike B. I said I wasn't participating. I just, you may know this. Oh. When did Martin Luther King Jr. give his I Have a, D- a Dream speech? When was the date, the month, the year? Uh, I remember the, the month, 1963, though. Diva. August 17th, 1963. It was September the 9th, 1965. 9th. Both of y'all was wrong. I Have a Dream was 65. You yes. said 163? Nope, September 9th, 1965. Oh, okay. All righty. Mm. Now, this is something that I thought was interesting. <laughs> Which, she gonna get you. which president officially recognized Black History Month? I don't know. I assume it's somebody recent, though. No, President Gerald Ford. Well, in my, <laughs> my, in my view, that's fairly recent. Uh, well, so well, that's yeah, 1973 or so. Yeah, this guy and, and, just... and, you know, we've been here how many hundreds of years? Yeah, I don't even get me started, so, okay? I mean, thank you, President Ford, but... Thank you, know, you but no thank you. Right. Okay, well, you said um, something more recent, and then we talked about being of a finer man. More recently, uh, this young woman who, well, this older, beautiful woman has now felt that, you know, at her age, she still wants to date. She still wants to get married because she's too good to be solo. So before I, you know, disclose this young, older woman um, who felt this way, Devo, how do you feel about women over 70, still wanting to get married and still fall in love and be in relationships. I'm not sure I understand the question. Why not? Why wouldn't someone want to have companionship? Well, some people kind of feel like, oh, when you're over 70, you, nobody's like interested in you. And, you know, I feel like from my viewpoint, this, this is a new wave of these 70 year olds. They're looking 50, they're looking young. But I feel like when you're when I was growing up in my teens, like, oh, 70 is too old. If you don't, if you don't have anybody by then, you're going to die alone. Okay, I understand the question. So this question is the opinions of people who are younger than 70. We're trying to project onto people who are 70. Mm. But if you ask all the 70-year-olds, I'm sure all the 70-year-olds are interested in, in love and life and good food and having good times with their friends. I, I don't I don't think that changes. So maybe it's that people don't have an idea of what it's like to be 70. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed to still have my mama in my life. Yeah. Um, she's 80-plus. Uh, she has a um, studio apartment in Montego Bay. Hey! And her and her friends travel the island. They try new spots. They get in the water. They have their gentleman friends, the ones that are single, the ones that are married, are coupled up. They, they live life. Like, it doesn't... It, there may be physical limitations because as you're older, there's not many mm-hmm. things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yes. But being a human comes with a set of emotions that, that doesn't change from the time that you're little to the time that you leave this earth. So... That sounds like a bunch of young people trying to project onto older people what they think they should be doing. But 70-year-olds are quite happy living their life, having love, having fun, having drinks, 
doing what they do. Y'all heard that, young folks? Listen, no matter what age, you still have the same desires. You still want. You can still find that, and that's why our girl Patty Labelle. She said she's <laughs> open to dating. Well, she, she said cook, she. Right? She said I'm too good to be solo, and she can cook that Patty's pie and that other stuff. <laughs> sing to you at night. Make okay. your meal. All I the mean, history, all them stories. Uh, so now, you, but you off the market though, Devo. Correct. Yeah, but you would still like if you were single, man. Would you like you know if Patty Labelle was interested in you, and you were a single man, no beautiful wife. She's so beautiful, not her. She's never had, never happened. Would you? And, and she's our age now, and you're a single man now. Yeah, I, she, I, I think Patty's a little older. Than I, I, I mean, I know what I'm saying, but would you talk to her? She was like, oh yeah, you look like the type I want to get to know. Would you? I'm sure it'd be a, a wonderful experience having a chance to have a meal with Patty. <laughs> you are so politically correct, Evo. I mean, you are so good. I love you. You got dang old corporate attorney, you. You are good. Okay, well, nevertheless, I I'm love not gonna you. No, just we're not disrespecting, but if you have, you was like, well, no, you know, because you may be a guy that has a limitation. Like some older men, they still they have a limitation of what age group they'll talk to. And that's all that is, regardless if it's Patty or anybody. But some dudes, I only know one dude, he's in his low, maybe 34, 33, that loves women that are 65 and up. Like, that is his jam. And, you know, some of them be looking good. I be like, hey, do you? No, you got to do your thing. I shoot my shot at Patty. Okay. Yeah, you like him a fine. You're not like him grown, baby. Yes, grown. grown. That's a grown grown woman. But I just love for somebody who feel like, oh, my God, I'll never find love. Oh, my God, I'm so young. Like, I mean, I'm so old. And then you, like, you're in your 30s, you're panicking. It's somewhat inspirational to see someone like, it don't matter what age I am. I still going to give me somebody. I still want to be loved. I don't, like, because you feel like I heard it from, like, maybe growing up in the church, older women that's been single for most of their lives. Like, yeah, I'm just going to, me and the Lord, be alone. And you feel like, oh, my God, I don't want to be like that, right? Well, they got to quit saying they happy with Jesus alone. That, that would be saying. And I'm like, I'm like you, right. I mean, are you? So that's why when I see stuff like, <laughs> Patty, I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. I wish I, you know, because it made me not want to be old and alone. But go so, ahead, honey, have you ever seen a couple that's been together forever? Yeah, my grandparents. Isn't that a beautiful sight? Mm-hmm. Um, yes and no. Oh, why you say that? Yeah, wow. I say yes because it's like you guys have endured, but then sometimes I feel like I've seen misery. It's like you've gotten sick of each other sometimes, but you know you feel like you don't got nobody else, so you got to stick with them. I've seen that on one end, and I've seen no. and oh well, yeah, that's I what agree. I mean. That part I be like, and the other end I see where you know they they're really sweet all the way till death. But yeah, that misery part, it's like they feel like I gotta stick with you and I don't be thinking that looks that happy. Have you seen couples in their thirties look miserable together? Yes. So my point earlier is no people are people, age don't matter. Yes. Well, okay. Dick. Okay, good point. Shut me up. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm moving on. Okay. So anyway, I kinda covered a lot of the main banter, so thank you, Diva, for participating. I may hit you with the black hair suit facts later on, but for now, I really want to get into why you came onto the show, and that's to definitely okay. talk about all things food and lifestyle television and also food and lifestyle streaming service. So, I kind of teased in the show here about you being a corporate attorney, all right, beforehand, and now, again, owner of this network, this brand, this company. Let us know kind of how you go from doing corporate attorney to doing food and TV and they don't even seem like they mesh. So just tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay. Uh, so my my main career uh, was as a corporate lawyer. Um, so I'm what is known as a transaction attorney or deal attorney. So when companies are selling goods and services, um, eventually on a, on a global level, um, I would lead the negotiations for those deals. 
Um, my last uh, position was at Verizon. So I was in management. I had lawyers that worked with me. We did healthcare and insurance, telecom contracts for global healthcare and insurance companies. So you figure your, your Ethernet, all your office phones, all your cell phones, all your cloud storage, um, all the connectivity between offices for global operations. Um, you know, I, I negotiated those contracts. So hey, uh, that's, wow. that's what we did. Um, my whole career was, was mostly um, telecom and communications uh, and technology clients. So I was in-house for Cablevision, Equifax, and Verizon. Um, so as the technology of telecom um, started to merge, and so that uh, cable TV and telephony all started to kind of come together, yeah, um, I was doing contracts and doing deals in that space, so I had a chance to watch that. And I was watching as the television industry started to transform. Um, on the creative side, I had a video hobby. I got my camera out. Okay, I'm, it was a I, hobby. Yes, I'm one of those people that's, that's dual-brained. I'm logical and creative. I can see that. And so spending so many years doing logical work, I was unbalanced. Ah. Um, you don't know that at the time because people don't really speak in that language. They don't. Right? But it just it just off all the time. And then when I started to um, play around with the video camera and started to do editing, it was like, huh, I, I like this. And this um, balances me out. It, it does something to, to calm me. Okay. Um, and so then I, I started playing with video and enjoyed that. And, you know, on vacations, I'd take the camera with me and film stuff and talk to people. And and, and that became something very interesting. Um, then you're watching uh, your Ted Turner's, your Bob Johnson's build networks. One of the things that you do as a corporate attorney is you help negotiate deals that make people rich. That. And you sit and you look at people and you, know, you do the self-assessment and you think like, well, congratulations to this person. What do they have that I don't have? We talk about this year's show, you know, black educated and broke. You, you know, you're, you're getting a salary and you're looking at people and you know when you finish this deal and you sign the paperwork, um, they're going straight to the Porsche dealership. Right. So they can buy his and hers Porsches. Because th that's the conversation you have in between you know, break times. Yeah. Yeah, after we finish this, we're going to go get Porsche. And, and wow. you think, wow, you know, um, do I want that? Um, the answer was that I did, but, the, but you have to be honest. Okay, so you've got a good job, good salary. Are you going to take the leap of faith to build something on your own and risk not having Ooh. all those things? Um, so at some point, I decided I wanted a network. Um, I... I did a bunch of work for uh, Caliber Enterprises, a PR firm here in Atlanta, and I would do video of their events, and this is gratis. I had access to, to people and the, and the events that they had, and so I had a chance to really sort of learn the industry from the inside, um, learn how to create video for people, learn how to do recap videos, all those types of things. Um, so the leap from corporate to network ownership, it wasn't as big a jump as, as you might think. Um, when I started to explore that possibility, I started to go to industry conferences. And you saw that as the industry was about to change, thousand people at the conference, there's a sprinkling of us in ownership roles. So you start to see that the people that will control the narratives, that control the budgets, that determine the stories, that hire the people, we're not going to be able to tell our own stories. Now, we had that, that complaint when it used to cost hundreds of millions of dollars to launch a new cable channel. 
but when um, YouTube allowed people to become millionaires, when now all the various streaming networks allow people to grow, you don't need $100 million to launch a channel. But we weren't in the room again. And that um, was both scary and an opportunity. It's sad that there weren't other people doing as many people doing it, but it also meant there was an opportunity for somebody like me to enter into this field and provide some leadership and, and a platform. Because there's so many stories, as we started out talking about earlier at the top of the show. There's so many stories that we need to tell. So who tell, who's telling our stories? And um, so to flip back to the subject of food, yeah, I'm not necessarily a chef or, or gourmet, um, but what we were doing was uh, filming fashion shows. And I had a fashion model, Devon Ray, shout out to Devon. And the, the, the company was, now that's a good look. And we would film fashion shows and, and you know, land is good for the club. And halfway through the club, you turn turn the lights sexy, and oh, yeah. you, you know, the designer brings out their clothes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the fall collection. And, you know, you do. Atlanta's <laughs> good for that. Um, except this one club, uh, the chef Jason Ellis came out, and he had food instead of designer clothes. Oh. And I'm looking at, you know, this is nightclub, so you have you know attractive women inside VIP sections, um, eating the food, and. They've grown up on the on the Food Network, so they can describe the food, and they're telling you what they like. And you know, the chef has all this personality, and it's black, and it's it's got vibe. And I'm like, I've never seen food presented this way from our culture. Um, Devon, our host, was like, "This is the best job we've had." Who knew the models love food that much? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, he made his famous uh, chocolate lobster, which he does. Uh, uh, he does lobster in a white chocolate sauce. On, on, on tortilla chips and he was just like yeah and just it the whole vibe and I'm like this is the network that needs to exist yeah and that was 2012 wow uh, I started working on the network uh, got promoted uh, which was a confusing time <laughs> this is the corporate this is corporate and got promoted so I got promoted so now I've got much more work a lot less time for my own Your own projects yeah um, but actually being, end up being very good. Um, one of the things that we don't discuss a lot of times on social media about people's with nine to fives, if you have a nine to five as an entry level job, that's one thing. Yeah. If you have a nine to five where you have a substantial annual bonus, yeah. where you've got 401k contribution, where you've got executive compensation on top of your bonus, yeah. that's, a, that's a different world. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, when you drive around the city and see people with big houses or with boats, or with brand new late model luxury cars. Uh, it's not always an inheritance. A lot of times, you know, it's... In corporate America, Christmas in February, this is February. Oh, really? When, when bonuses are paid. Okay. So, so, ladies, if you're talking to that guy in the suit, <laughs> don't be so mad about the Christmas present. Hang around till mid-February and see what's happening. Okay, you want to give us a little jewels, <laughs> ladies. Tap in, tap in. Um, but, but being an executive at Verizon... Uh, changed my life. Okay. So. And positive. Um, so the dreams that I had were suddenly possible. Yeah. So the things that I wanted to do uh, suddenly became uh, something attainable. Yeah. Um, but the dreams of having my own network never, never went away. Yeah. And as as the culture changed and um, the social culture changed, the idea was more and more on point. Mm. And then as you start to dig into it, um, chef life is hard. 
and chefs work for people that own restaurants. They work long hours. Um, and like most areas, you know, black people aren't the owners. Yeah. There, there obviously are black restaurant owners, but yeah. the industry is still, you know, white male driven, like many other areas, power centers in America. Yeah. Um, and if you look across food television, it's, it's the same thing. The media companies, uh, they're not our companies. So uh, cuisine choices, um, casting choices, storylines um, are things that are given to us. They're not chosen by our folks. Facts. And so having a platform where um, talent can be true to their authentic selves is what we're all about. Yes, y'all are. Yes. So when you meet our talent, they're not different from when they're on TV to when they're in person. Yeah. They get to be who they really are. Yes. Hey, Flavor P. See. That's my favorite girl. Right she, 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 she is unapologetically her, and I love every bit of it. Because, and especially if you've been to HBCU, everybody's an individual. Yes. Well, everybody's you know, got people get those letters, and you know they kind of flippity flop flop. But you know. But but that's them. And now. So yes. now now translate that to the number of characters you're allowed to be in mainstream media. And I bet if we took a list, there's probably 15, 20 characters we're allowed to be. And we got to fit into one of those. Yeah. With a sassy best friend. With a black nerd scientist. Yeah. With a smooth old school player. Like that. There's certain, <laughs> but but if you know black people, there's a whole crazy spectrum of personality traits and combinations mm-hmm. of things. And that's what makes people fascinating. That's what's enriching about having conversations with, with different people. Yeah. Why you want to get to know different people. You know? Um, and yeah. the existing platforms don't really do that in general. And in particularly not in food television. Facts. So we want to give a platform to people. I mean, imagine being yourself. You've, you've gone to culinary school. You've gone to France. You've trained and, and worked in a vineyard. You've perfected your craft. Yeah. You're about 32, 33, and you're still black. But you're an excellent chef. Yeah. You've got the technical skills that any other chef has. So you have to go through life with a, with a chef coat buttoned to your neck, somebody else's restaurant on it, why can't you be in a kitchen where you can put on some, you know, put on an apron and, and Devo, I just want to cook and vibe. Why can't you be excellent and cook and vibe? Yeah. Shout out to Chef Rock. Come on, Chef Rock. Why can't you be a black man with a beard? Mm. Cut to the nines. Beard sharp and on point. Yeah. Have some flavor and some flow. Shout out Chef Joe. Yes. Why can't you be an ex-model and an executive chef and still drink your brown, Chef Kelly? Okay, sure. Like, we got dope stars Y'all on our do. network. And there's not a platform for them to shine currently. And, and by the way, a lot of our folks have had a chance to have an episode on some of the other networks that you know about. Uh, you get an episode. That's it. And then what? Right, right, right. How are you treated there? Are the competitions fair? Who wins? And why? If Auntie Fee was still living, you would be one hell of a character on this network. Right. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> you got me motivated over here. Right. I was just sitting here thinking about what Auntie Fee. And, you know, she passed away, what, 2019, 2018? She would have been amazing on the network. Just being, like you said, being yourself. She was that auntie. She cussed every sentence. She didn't care, but that food, that food used to look so good. And she make the best meal out of the simplest things, which is what we know how to do. We can take something small 
and turn it into this amazing platter of food. Yeah. Amazing. I need. Let me go ahead and subscribe right now. Y'all right. keep talking. Right. Go ahead. That's, because that's ultimately, <laughs> so you've created this platform for people to authentically be themselves, you know, where they can be whoever without having to feel you have to be guarded, which is important. And I think in a, very much in the millennial and Gen Z culture specifically, freedom of expression, be able to be myself. Absolutely. That's why nobody want to be in corporate America because you want to be who you want to be. So I think you're definitely starting a movement, especially for black folks who don't have that opportunity. So with that now, now with, I know the main thing, we want people to subscribe, subscribe, but if somebody, what would you, I want to kind of know, what would be your pitching point to somebody like, oh, well, subscribe, well, I mean, I just want to see this one episode, or like, what would be the benefit, why would I want to subscribe, I just want to see this one time, like, what do you kind of just tell people, why would they want to subscribe to this network? I, I love this question. Um, you want to see us, right? So... For me, the, the experience, and I'll, I'll date myself a little bit. So watch tonight's show. Um, the band leader was part of the show. They made a big deal about it. I didn't get it. Uh, you know, Johnny and Doc would talk. I didn't get it. I'm watching Arsenio. And the first time, you know, Halle Berry or somebody comes in the show, the band plays Brick House. Yeah. And the crowd is rocking. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, the music and the it all goes together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because previously it didn't speak to me. So it was a talk show, and I, you know, everybody watched the Tonight Show because it's the Tonight Show. Yeah. But then we got the Arsenio show. Now, now the guest is a tribe called Quest. Hey. Now Buster Rhymes is on the show. Now it's, it's all different. And now I'm, I'm watching, I'm, I'm interested. And, and when they have the questions, I want to know what they have to say. Yeah, yeah. So it's a matter of are you reflecting life? Like you answer the questions that you want. Are you learning the recipes that you want? Are you hearing the stories that you want? Mm-hmm. So we had the privilege of working with. Um, uh, Rally's Hospitality. Hey, hey, Rally's. Um, and uh, Terrell expanded his Mixology of the Year event to a week. Yeah. Um, and he asked Food and Lifestyle to participate. And we hosted a, uh, a pair of chef panels. Yes. So we had um, 11, 12 of Atlanta's top chefs at the studio talking about real chef stuff. Yes, very real much conversation. so. conversation. Good time. Sorry you guys missed it. It was a good time. Uh, it will be available on the network. Um, but so in social, you have questions about um, restaurant quality and food quality and how in cities like Atlanta, Houston and D.C., you have all these green wall, hookah, lamb chop restaurants <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and how people are frustrated because they want good food. And so we had chefs who have restaurants and we had lounge chefs and we have fine dining chefs all together. Black-owned, black chefs speaking to this issue. Mm. So you tune in because you want to hear the actual facts and truth behind it. So it starts out as a popular TikTok, but it gets addressed by our people. Now, who on XYZ, other food television programming network, is going to speak to brunch culture in black cities? (laughs) Nowhere. Like, no. Food and lifestyle. (laughs) There you go. And, and, and that's the that's point of why. having a point. That's the point of having a platform where you control your own voices and yes. you pick the stories and you pick the topics. Yes. And shout out to Candace for wanting to make sure we ask that question. Yes, I love that. that okay, so this is so this is fantastic. So, guys, again, we're talking with uh, Devo. That's the nickname that he goes by. Um, the uh, founder, creator of Food and Lifestyle TV and then Food and Lifestyle Streaming Services. And, you know, ultimately just kind of telling us, like, okay, well, we're subscribing. You say you have all these subscriptions, but are you subscribing to content that's made for you, by you, to help people just like you? 
Like, how many of us are actively doing that? You know, oh, we joined BET. Okay, but what about you're subscribed to all these other platforms that ain't helping our own people? So to actually have something that is going to be impactful for our own, for you to subscribe and to get content that's for you, I think that's going to be a wave. And even though I felt like wasn't in 2020 when it, it was okay for people to like black people, you know, the whole, like, oh, black people are awesome. But I feel like that definitely has been keep moving. The momentum is still going there, and I feel like something like that is even more reason to support and be like, yo, you want to see what happens at this? What is this black brunch that they're talking about? Food, go to Food and Lifestyle TV streaming. Mm-hmm, you can learn all about it. Oh, what is this about, like, you know, um... You know, at black restaurants, they always have to have a DJ or they always have to have this certain... What is this grass wall talk? What 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 is the issues that actual black chefs are dealing with compared to us white? All of that is for that there. And I think that's a great place where you can go get that type of content and get that information, not just for people of color. Anybody who want to know, like, what's going on. I like that. Oh, we're very clear that we are black owned, but not black exclusive. You hear that? It's not black owned. I mean, we're black owned, but not black exclusive. I love that. I feel like that's me indirectly. Like, you know, I love black owned stuff, but you know, I, I fool with all the races, all the rainbow. I love everybody, but you know, I love the black blacks. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, Benevo, so tell us how we can tap in, how we can subscribe, how we can get involved with all things with food okay. and lifestyle. A lot of different ways. Uh, the primary way is go to foodandlifestyle.com. So that'll always have the information that you need. That's where you can get your subscriptions. Uh, the way we did this, we did this in a way so it's um, uh, 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 device agnostic. So you go to the platform, you get your membership, right? Yep. With your credentials, your username and password, now you can go to Apple and download Apple. Now you can go to Android and download Android. You go to Firestick. So uh, uh, while you're at home on your Roku system, you can watch. Uh, then when you um, go downstairs, uh, you've you got your phone, you can, yeah. you can pick it back up and, and watch on your phone. So I think we allow like five devices per subscription. So it's the understanding that people see content and they absorb content um, and they they have content from different places, different times. Thank you, because you know the mother stream is behaving, trying to have a limit in like one or two. Come on, shout out to you trying to give people options to kind of like expand and learn. You know, more than one. You said five users. I like that you have that. Five devices. Because everybody doesn't want to watch on their phone. I may want to be on TV. I may want to be on a laptop. I may want to be on my computer at work. Like, I like that you have those options. Exactly right. All right, so food and lifestyle. Then then we talked before. So um, we're a young network, so we're just getting content up there. Uh, We are a vertically integrated business. So we own our studio. We have a production team. We have a distribution platform, so that that's that's terrific. But we are also open to other voices. Yes. So if you have existing content, if you're creating content that you want distributed, let's have a conversation. You know, make sure it's got good quality. Make sure the music is not copywritten music. You, know, you can't wow. download the dopest hits and put it on there and put it on the platform. But if if you've got um, royalty-free music, uh, come on and, and let's have a conversation. Um, for sponsors who are trying to read this reach this audience. This company is run by by corporate executives. So myself, uh, my business partner Jay, hey Jay, Jay Young, um, has got international corporate experience. Like he literally lived in Asia for several years. So we understand how to protect your corporate brand. Uh, one of the great deals that we offer is that we have got young creatives that speak to the young audience. Yes. Managed by corporate executives who know how to talk the talk and walk the walk. So we let the young people be creative. We'll handle the structure. We'll handle the business. We'll, we'll have the conversations. We'll make sure your brand is protected. Um, I have to imagine, and I try to explain this to people. What if you're a, you know, University of Alabama grad, mm-hmm. got yourself a good job in marketing. You're an ally. You're not prejudiced. But your job is to bring in 
um, marketing to the African American folks. Yeah. Who do you talk to that doesn't get you embarrassed? How do you know who to pick? Mm-hmm. Okay, talk about You're that. Not from the community. And now it'd be nice if these companies pick you from the community to have these jobs. But, right. But if you're a person and you have that job, how, who do you talk to? You know, switch seats. You know, you look at our community from the outside, and this one's flashy. This has got this. How, how do you know who's going to take care of business? How do you know who's not going to embarrass you, do something that's going to make your brand look bad? Yeah. Um, so what we offer is the the convenience and comfort of knowing that we've got corporate executives that know how to address what you say. Absolutely. A lot of times in these marketing programs, they have very specific things they want the talent to say. Young talent is necessarily good at, you know, remembering all the notes and the yeah. flavors and the things. Well, we write scripts. Yeah, uh, we can provide guidance. Um, we're, when we're directing, we can make sure that we get the good camera angles on the things that the sponsors care about. Good. You know, they want to emphasize vanilla notes. We'll make sure that the, the meal they're preparing is flattering for the vanilla. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll do the, the corporate thinking process yes. and then allow the talent to flourish in their creativity. That's the combination that we offer. So if there are sponsors trying to find and reach out to this audience, work with us. We can talk to you. We can create amazing things together. Look at Devo. You know, it's, it's the voice on top of the information, but you know, that voice, <laughs> is, I mean, you got to think about a radio you? career. You know, because you're just like, yeah, I'm <laughs> you're just all mesmerizing. Yes, keep talking. Yeah, so, but no, seriously, though, I like that you're definitely letting everybody know that, you know, you're you're wanting to work with people. We can create some beautiful things. I love that we have a corporate structure, so we're not dealing with some amateurs, people right. that really know what the hell they're doing. Right. And uh, we're just, we're visionaries trying to help bring dreams together. And I love that, Devo. So, again, food and lifestyle. We're here with Devo. We're learning all about We want you guys to subscribe to the streaming app. You can get it, the app on your phone or, like you said, on, you know, it's a streaming service. So if you want to go on your Roku or if you just want to just, you know, you can watch it everywhere. What is he saying? So ultimately, but if you go to Food and Lifestyle, uh, t- foodandlifestyletv.com. Uh, foodandlifestyle.com. Excuse me. Thank you, Devo. Foodandlifestyle.com. <laughs> On the website there, we have the other membership plans. Guys, we are talking as low as $9.99 a month. What subscription is $9.99 anymore? Okay, we know everything is like freaking $15, $16 and up. But it's a lot of different things going on, guys. So go definitely go tap in. Gives you guys an idea of what to expect. There's video content so you can see kind of the chefs, some of the visuals. Because, again, these are like real videography nice content work you know because sometimes i think people try to see with you know african-american brands that the quality may miss the beat or two no not food and lifestyle everything is very pristine and clean so we want to go out and support and i appreciate you devo for giving us that encouragement us hearing about you going from corporate taking a break to really do the things that creatively inspire you like that's that leap of faith that we talk about and you starting to hold network Come on, we love it, and we really appreciate you today, Diva. Well, thank you, thank you. All right, so one more time as we wrap it up, let us know how we can follow, subscribe, and um, any last notes you want to give to our audience. Absolutely. So, um, besides uh, uh, getting a subscription at foodandlifestyle.com, uh, you can engage all our socials, uh, Food Lifestyle TV. So that's Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, and feel free to interact. Talk to us. You know, we, we, we like that. Um, and, yeah, quality was very important. And, again, so our culture, we're expressive. And, and that's in the way we talk, in the music, in the way we move in the kitchen, and the way we work the cameras. You know, we, we bought, they're called macro lenses. So 
These are 100 millimeter up close lenses. So when the yes. shrimp pops in the pan, when it steams up, when you pour the gravy in slow motion, oh, we can see that. Because <laughs> yes. that's how we appreciate the food. Yes. We, we put the soul in the food television. Love it. I love it. <laughs> she is it. so excited. <laughs> you know, just the way the description, because, yeah, I love when you see the slow mo. Like, that stuff be so clean. Like, yeah. I love it. I want to eat but it right now. Like, what we talked about is you'd be surprised the people who, I mean, we like the Food Network, people who watch the Food Network, but people who want to see black chefs and people yes. who want, people who love black food, but there's no way to to watch other than YouTube. And yeah. It's, and it's random stuff on YouTube of people making different things. Now, you have a network and the Wallet. monthly nine ninety nine a month. You can do it. Yeah, you that's can do like, it. Subscribe. Yeah, so. We definitely appreciate it, guys. We're gonna have all this information on our website, so make sure you go over to blackeducatingandbroke.com. Give me a show well, on we'll, there. You know I like to cook. I know you get hey? Mike B be throwing it down and he don't want to be cussing with his Tito's that he gotta do cheers every hour and take a shot. I but got a little classy now. I drink, <laughs> I drink wine on my videos now. Oh, he, you, you look at, <laughs> come on, he's a daddy. Alrighty, so guys, again, make sure you still check us up on our socials, uh, Black Educated and Broke, Facebook, Instagram, our Twitter, BEB underscore podcast, ATL. We're going to put everything up for Food and Lifestyle TV. Uh, Devo, we thank you for your time. It's Black History Month. You are making history in the now. We appreciate you, King. And you did good on the Black History Facts, so congratulations <laughs> to you. Alright, guys, we'll see you the next time. We out. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Okay, well, let's hope that this thing is on. So check this out. You know who it is, everyone's favorite Randio. And I just want to make a correction and an apology because the source that I was using gave misinformation on one of our black history questions. So the I Have a Dream speech that was spoken by the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. during the March on Washington was on August the 28th, 1963. So Mike B and Devo was definitely correct Mundo. And I do want to kind of leave a few things here because it's a lot of memorable moments that we want to talk about from the I Have a Dream speech and being that it is Black History Month. I just want to make sure that people understand that the Reverend Martin Dr. Luther King gave one of the most powerful and memorable speeches in our nation's history, okay? His words paired with paintings make for a picture book for children and adults alike, okay? The themes of equality and freedom for all are not only relevant today, but also provide young readers with an important introduction to our nation's past. See you guys next time.